Hey folks, one quick word. Stick around after the credits because we have a fun bonus segment. It's actually a bonus segment that aired earlier this year. It was part of our Star Wars special part two, where we talked about whether or not Star Wars is science fiction or fantasy. And it's my full discussion with JD and Yolanda about Star Wars fan theories and a bunch of other stuff. Lots of fun, lots of great insight. Naturally, there will be spoilers for that. So it assumes you've seen Star Wars The Force Awakens. I mean, and come on. It's made, what, close to $2 billion, if not more. I'm sure you've seen it by now. All right, that's it. Enjoy the show. Jane, whatever I do, I do it to protect you. So you understand? I understand. As of this recording, the very first standalone Star Wars story that is not part of the Skywalker saga premiered this past weekend to over $150 million in domestic box office. That has helped Lucasfilm owner Disney go on to set a new record for global box office at over $7 billion. This entry into the Star Wars universe is new territory for Lucasfilm. Not only is it the first standalone film not connected to the Skywalkers, it's also the first film that will not have any kind of predetermined sequel. And like last year's First Awakens, at the center of the story is a strong woman, Jen Erso, played by Felicity Jones. If my father built this thing, we need to find him. All right, how many do I need? Star Wars has had a great record of having strong female leads. And with this being the week after Rogue One's release, I thought it would be fun to have a Breaking the Glass bonus episode to discuss Star Wars female leads. Joining me will be Breaking the Glass co-producer and Radio Film School show regular Yolanda Cochran with her hubby JD along for the ride. This will most likely be the last first-run Radio Film School episode of 2016. I want to thank all of you who've supported the show this past year. It's been quite a ride. And I'm really excited for what I have planned for 2017, including more cinema history-related episodes, some fictional narratives, guest producer spots, including a great one from ex-Snow Film School writer and filmmakers process creator Robert Hardy. And we may even have a possible collaboration geared towards photographers that do video. With respect to the Breaking the Glass series, we still have plenty of new audio episodes to bring you, as well as three more entries from the film series. Lastly, if you happen to be a fan of Westworld, check out our irreverently funny yet insightful podcast that looks at the show from an um, ethnic point of view. It's called Wrestling with Westworld. It's unlike any other Westworld podcast out there. I like to describe it as the Westworld podcast that Samuel Jackson would love. You can get it on iTunes or listen at daredreamer.fm slash westworldpod. So be on the lookout for new and engaging content in 2017. All of it will be done in the storytelling and radio documentary style production value that has been the Radio Film School signature. If for some reason you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe in iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Alright, without further ado, here's my fun conversation with Yolanda and JD about female leads in Star Wars and whether the series has a good record at passing the Bechdel test. All right, so uh, there are two things I wanted to ask you, get your your opinion on. Uh, one, I wanted to know your thoughts on female 
leads in Star Wars films. Like I feel like in general, Star Wars is the Star Wars stories have been good at having strong female characters. And so why don't want to know like Are you saying all of them or the recent ones? I would say all of them. I mean, even going back, you know, episode four, Princess Leia is pretty badass in terms of Okay. You know, um how she handles herself. Uh yep. Yep. um you know, there's the whole bikini thing from Return of the Jedi, but even in a bikini, she's the one who kills, you know, Jabba the Hutt. And yeah, I push back uh, on that a little bit because I don't think that's that bad. What that bad? The, the bikini? No, I don't either. But I, I know everyone. She had a chain around her neck. Yeah. What bikini? He, she was chained up by a gangster, like a yeah. Guy. I mean, yeah. And, he, he, and she used that in, chain to kill him. Right? Is she yeah. supposed to be in Sunday school? Is right. That? Right. Right. Okay. Um, All right. And then, and then in the prequels. You know, uh, Amidala was a pretty strong character in terms of, you know, shooting yes. with guns. So uh, yep. you got the impression that that was where Leia got her strength from as a, you know, from Amidala. Right. Can I say something? Yeah. I find Amidala more egregious than Leia in the bikini at the end when she died of a broken heart. <laughs> Whatever. I'm like, right. come on, cuz. <laughs> right. You can make that argument. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I um as as and then obviously Ray from the Force Awakens and then the upcoming Rogue One, you know the main character seems to be a strong woman, um, but I don't know how great they are at passing the Bechdel test, which says basically you have to have two female characters who talk to each other and they don't talk about a man, and uh, and the whole point of the, and there's a lot of controversy about the test but the whole point of the test is to say that there are so few movies that have a depth of female characters that this test was created just to see can right, you, right. Can, can you have a movie where there are two women who talk to each other and they aren't talking about a man um and so what? well yeah I don't because get it. I don't, that the subject matter isn't about, oh, my boyfriend or my no, husband. No, I understand that, but I don't get how you could ever make a movie without two women doing that. That's crazy. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's right. So, so why make a movie without That was yeah. so bad that you, when you have to explain it. <laughs> right. So I think you got funny. it. Uh, all right. So first, uh, uh, your thought on the on the strength of female, char- female characters in the Star Wars. Now, would you agree with my assessment that they've been – Star Wars has been pretty good at showing strong female characters. I do totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And particularly these most recent ones, which is great. And the, what I love about the force awakens and what seems to be the upcoming rogue one is that it seems so organic. Like, yes, it's like a major thing that this, you know, was arguably you know, the biggest movie franchise in history, you know, it's a big thing that this most recent installment in Force Awakens, the most recent that's been released, had a female lead. That's a major situation. But even having said that, it was so kind of like not notable in that it just felt so unremarkable. Organic. It was very organic, just like what JD just said. And it, and I love that. And, and it, I think it speaks so much to how easy it could actually be if people would just make the decision that we are going to include 
everybody and it's not going to be that big a deal because everybody everybody's included in real life and so it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be a big deal it just has to reflect what is real life and it doesn't have to be this big thing but it was so i mean it was so badass and it's and and it's and there's no situation where unfortunately there was this whole situation where they didn't have any ray toys because supposedly little boys weren't going to want to pet play with little you know, with girl action figures, female but girls would want to play with them. Or it, it just doesn't matter. Like, no, there were no boys who were like, "Oh, I don't want to see that," or "That sucked because it was a female." And blah blah. I mean, nobody cared. They loved the movie. Like, right. it's like, and so that argument, in in my mind, is, I think there's something to be said, and maybe it has to do with the marketing of it and the conditioning of boys and whatever and blah, 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 and whether or not they would have played with a, a female action figure or whatever. But there was no, there was none whatsoever discussion about, well, I kind of didn't really dig that because it was, a, you know, the lead was a female. I mean, everybody, I mean, you know, of course you have naysayers out there for everything, but universally the movie was loved and and it wasn't because or in spite of the fact that it was a female lead i i would say this just in terms of the toys not to defend this is not a defense uh, of 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 them not of disney or whoever kenner or or the folks not releasing the ray doll but i think a, a lot of it also deals with our culture and how far we've evolved because it's not even just women. I remember the first Star Wars. I don't think, I don't even think there was a black person in the first Star Wars. Because I remember seeing Empire getting jazzed with Billy D was in it. Right. And, she, and I, I think there might have been a black pilot or something. And but, that was totally organic. Yeah, that was – yeah, but it was like – it was totally organic. But it was also but like was I remember as a kid like, yeah. oh, they got a brother in here. Oh, man. You know, Because yeah, like, yeah. I remember watching the Star Wars and being like, dang, they don't have – it wasn't even like a white or black thing. I was like, wow, it's just not space is nothing but English people. <laughs> so I, I remember thinking that because they all had the accents where I'm like, man, it's like it really, really does not have to be a big deal. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, like, you know, we're doing this. But, you know, it's literally like, you know, you sent me the article about Lucasfilm being having 50 percent um, female executives. And I can't remember what I was listening to. I was listening to a podcast or reading something. And I think it was, you know, they were on the topic of like, okay, what steps can we do? What actionable items can we do to solve, you know, disparity in the ranks of, you know, the workforce in higher level positions? And, and, and one of the men said, well, why don't we just do it? Like, just hire, just do it. And like, literally, that for whatever JJ, reason, it, it might've been, it I think JJ it was JJ. Abrams. Abrams. Just like, no, like, we're just somebody was like, yeah, just do it. Just make, just hire that many, just do it. And so it didn't need to be this whole huge, uh, okay, we're doing this undertaking. <laughs> we've got, well, we got to do studies. Now, to see yeah, we've got to like, do studies and we've like, got to like write down all these rules. And it's just literally like, no, let's just hire 50%. And it's like, literally. And then they commented on the fact that coincidentally you know that these two films back to back have female leads and it's organic it wasn't like they set out to make the leads female it's just what Hmm. came out of it right and then uh, what i was going to say before i get off track with the the whole doll thing i I remember when they did star wars though however and they did empire back when they had the first set and i i I even want to say i'm not sure if i know it was with the the first uh trilogy but then i don't know if it was the prequels as well but they they did Leia's and they did the girl doll toys and they didn't sell and so they so they got burned on that before and they were gun some of it is just obviously just chauvinistic but another correlation was that 
when they've tried to sell them before in the past, they didn't sell. And I think that also speaks to our culture changing where, you know, like I remember, you know, when I was a kid, you were, you know, boys play with boy toys and girls play with yeah. girl toys. And it was, it, that was a lot stronger. That now, had a lot to do with mothers buying, not buying action figures for their boys and not necessarily thinking their girls wanted any action figures for Star right. Wars. And which you, maybe when you look didn't. at stuff like Dora the Explorer, it's like, you know, it, I could see a little boy playing with Dora the Explorer not thinking he's a little girl because he's playing with the girl dolls. Like she's a cool main character of a show and it's, it has nothing really to do with her sexual – you know, sex and she's not running around on a dra- – like uh, doing girly things. She's, you know, doing whatever she does and it's just – she's just that kind of androgynous right. character doing things. And so I think there are a lot of inst- – a lot more instances of that now in our culture um, and even Ray. You know, Ray is – even though there's like, you know, that flirtation between Ray and Finn, slight flirtation, it's like – well, from you know, Ray. she's a badass. I mean, from Finn. Get it, but but getting back yeah, that, to I'm just saying, though. getting yeah. back to Star Wars and the female characters, though, it's like, um, it's back to my point. It, it's almost like it's not even notable or remarkable because it's so organic. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just, it just is. Right. Um, Which is awesome. And yeah, look at like I would say this. Look at look how think about how weird it's going to be when you look at Rogue One. Just from the trailers, all the multi-ethnic casting they got going on, yeah. and then you go to Star Wars. It's nothing but English queen speaking, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin, and every all the right. generals are white. There's no right. people of color anywhere to be seen in in Star Wars. But then you look at Rogue One, it's like, wow, what happened to you know? Because <laughs> the right, uh, all the people the of death- color are doing the work and getting shot and killed. Right, it's the death <laughs> ethnic star just blew up not only planets but all ethnicities other than white. Right. Um, do you, so do, do any of the Star Wars films pass the Bechdel test? I thought well, that I thought does. the Force Awakens does. And what well, in, in what scene? Well, when uh, they don't really talk that much, but Leia and uh, uh, Ray when and how about how about well, how do Ray and Ray Leia and Ray talk about Solo? Huh? Right, yeah, but it, that's that. But it's not in a romantic way. It doesn't about, matter. It doesn't matter if it's romantic. It just says they talk about something other than a man. Okay, well, well Ray, Ray and Maz. Maz is an alien. Does that count? She's a female she, alien. How do you even know? Because she likes Chewbacca. Where's that? That doesn't mean anything. How do you know? She's, all right, so your argument is that Maz is She's not a female. female. That's your argument. No. That's what you're arguing right now? No, my argument. That's what you're going to plant your flag on? Come my on, argument is. They have to be two female people speaking to each other. Humanoids. Um, because by can... that extent, hey, Ron, by that extent, guess what? Everybody in the movie is an alien. <laughs> Show me a United States person or an Earthling in, in Star Wars. Nobody is. So you see Maz as this female character? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. All right, so it's, all right. Oh, wait, I'll oh, no, give you that. Oh, here's the other question. I'll wait, give you that. Wait, Ron. Wait, 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 Ron. Let me flip it on you. Let me no, flip it on you. I agree she's don't female. see her as a female? Yeah, no, I agree she's a female. I guess I don't. All right. All right, all right. then. All right, I'll give you Force Awakens. How about the other movies? Are there any other Star Wars movies oh, where a woman talks to another woman about well, we something? Well, we have. Uh, oh, God, I don't forget. Uh, Moth Monroe, uh, uh, when. When they're getting ready to attack the second Death Star in, uh, yeah, in Jedi, I believe isn't Leia there? Doesn't Leia Leia's there with her, yeah. and they're all strategizing about how they're going to attack. But the, she doesn't talk to. She it's doesn't talk to Moth. Oh, you're saying it has to be a private room where there's no, no. Two, they have to talk to each other. A direct interaction. Right. Two okay. women are interacting with one another about something other than a man. 
is essentially what it's about. Well, there's 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 uh there's conversations in, with uh Amidala and her servants. Yeah, uh, in in the prequels, she talks a lot with her servants, and they're not talking about they're not having guy talk. They're talking about being decoys strategy, or yeah. strategy or go here for me or do this. And okay. even though it's not earth shattering stuff, they do. I mean, you could, I mean, there's, there's, there's scenes we could pick. I mean, um, and again, I'm not saying they're great it's at it. It's not a yeah. ton. It's not, but it's see, not but, but think, but think about how hard you have to think to come up with it. I think that's yeah. kind of like yeah. the point of the test. Yeah, 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 no. Right. Yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But I mean, two, there's there, the test. There's also been criticism of, you know, making uh, or uh, increasing the validity of the test and the qualitative, yeah, you know, measurements for for mm-hmm. you know saying does this actually meet the standard? And I think I think it's not as simplistic as there's two women talking to each other and they never ever mention a man or what you know. I, I it's right because you could have a whole bunch of uh, film with a whole bunch of girly talk where they're talking about men or whatever but then also other scenes where two women are talking to each other like can i buy this pack how much is a pack of gum oh it's honey it's blah, 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 and they're just two women talking to each other you could have an example of I that mean, i think that- you have to factor in the prominence of the female character to the story and that prominence having nothing to do with you know her comparison to a man or her subservient to a man like how how much is she respected how integral is she she to the story and right. to the the goal of the story and those kinds of things that i think need to factor into the equation yeah. as well right because no, also on the flip side there were uh, well, well go ahead ron no i was i was gonna say but i think the whole point of the test is again to make it so brain dead simple and by making it so simple to have it be that much more poignant that it's hard to come up with movies that yeah, pass Yeah, I mean, it, it. Yeah. is it is ridiculous that, you know, even though the, our population is 50% female, and again, like to JD's point, in the world of Star Wars, it's everybody's an alien. But, to it, you know, if you have 50% of the population being female, if you have to struggle that much to find two people two females talking to each other (laughs) and there's like there's obviously a disparity there. right and you don't have that problem with the men if you flip it it's like oh yeah of course every scene is man 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 male or male character and i would say this though when you get to rarely talking about women yeah (laughs) well they're talking about sex yeah yeah like luke and han no but all movies have men talking about over star wars hey hey han you like my sister? Do you think she's kind of hot? <laughs> um, but no, but I would give them props though in the in the Clone Wars because in the Clone Wars you get a lot further along uh-huh. with a lot of female characters and a lot of good interaction where there's – I mean there's whole arcs in episodes where there's uh, Jedi Padawan, female Padawan that are dealing with things that have nothing to do with hmm. talking about guys or whatever. It's all about battle. And, when I, and not only that, but they're also Jedi Masters that are female Jedi Masters. That, But then, see, when you get to that point where you're dealing with, with the women dealing with things, mm-hmm. it's more like they're dealing with battles. And usually if it's an evenly balanced uh, – or I don't even want to say evenly balanced. If there's uh, – you have your female characters, but then you have your male characters, and they're talking about fighting strategies or whatever – or battle or war or whatnot. Right. Usually it's a combination of the man and the woman. It's not it's but there are times in Clone Wars, I could think of a few, where it's women who are fighting each there there are several actually through the course of that series where I mean you have like long arcs where 
ah ah so ahsoka is fighting uh, asajj ventress or you have mm-hmm. the uh, asajj ventress and the women of the night right uh, which is the night witches of the night or whatever they're called and then um uh ahsoka and um there's another padawan they get trapped when they're in geonosis and there's just all these arcs that that happen where she deals with female characters and you know one of the because one of the tenets about jedi is like they're basically platonic they don't have any love attachments per se or romantic attachments there's really no room for it in the storytelling so you see a lot of that in in star wars where they're Mm -hmm. just dealing with the the issues of the day in terms of you know the society and war and culture and yada yada yeah so cool. they do so in it's so in the Clone Wars they yeah they they go Sounds I like think they, they do a really good job. Go, yeah they do a great I think they do a really good job now again there's not as many women as men but there are a, a number of female characters in the Clone Wars right and some of the main heavies in Clone Wars are uh, females when I say heavies I mean some of the main characters like Ahsoka Saj Ventress right uh, 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 Princess Amidala um, who uh, and, and then you'll get your other spinoff uh, female characters that show up and you know through the course of the series that pop in and out that aren't the regulars per se right cool well i'm looking forward to seeing uh rogue one next week i know um, we already got our tickets oh Thursday. did you really wow yeah, okay, i got them i'm seeing get them all right well i gotta go i think all rehearsal right, is done this was good yep. guys all right man have a great weekend all right you, you too man bye Hey, just a reminder, stick around after the credits for that special bonus segment. It's one that we actually aired earlier this year. It's my full conversation with J.D. Yolanda about Star Wars fan theories. It's a lot of fun, so be sure to stick around. Breaking the Glass is a Radio Film School miniseries and a production of Daredevil FM. Production help from Yolanda Cochran and J.D. Cochran. Music for this episode was curated from freemusicarchive.org. Links to tracks are in the show notes. And speaking of music, Song Freedom has a huge library of songs from every genre. And they are best source to license music from mainstream artists like The Lumineers, American Authors, One Republic, and Kobe Calais, or classic tunes from the likes of Sinatra, The Temptations, Bob Dylan, and more. Go to songfreedom.com radio and sign up for a new account and you'll get a free standard license worth $30. That's songfreedom.com radio. We thank Song Freedom again for their support. Breaking the Glass is also supported by Videobox, a subscription service licensed premium HD and 4K stock footage. When you go to videobox.com RFS, you can sign up for a free 7-day trial that allow you to download up to 140 clips from their main library. If you like what you see, use that same link and you can get their year plan for as little as $99. The normal rate is $79 a month. You'll get unlimited downloads from their library of over 115,000 clips. You also get access to their marketplace of over 1 million user-generated stock clips at rates as low as $20 to $30 cheaper than other popular stock sites. So remember, that's videobox.com RFS. You can follow me on Twitter at DareDreamerFM, and you can follow the show at Radio Film School. If you like this episode, share it on Twitter or email it to a friend you know needed to hear this message. And please, be sure to subscribe to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That's all for this week and for this year. Thank you again for making 2016 so special. Have a happy and safe holiday season, and may the Force be with you. Always. As promised, I'm going to leave you with my full discussion with J.D. and Yolanda about fan theories as it relates to Rey, Kylo Ren, Han, Princess Leia, and the rest. 
Also, JD gets into details about some of the Star Wars novels, like Heir to the Empire. So if you're not caught up in all of those and you plan to, you may want to hold off on listening to this section. But if you are caught up in all that reading, or like me, you know you just don't have the time to catch up or worry about it, or if you just don't care about being spoiled but get a certain amount of pleasure listening to two grown-ass men geek out like teenagers, then enjoy. Man, it's good to be Bob Iger today. Yeah. Yes, for sure. They, they could have paid double for a Lucasfilm oh, and still yeah. been happy. Yeah, I mean, he's got Lucas, Pixar, Marvel. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. But before Yo goes, I want to be able to get her input on the other topic, which was if she has a, and J.D., you can follow up later when she goes, but if she has a theory about Ray's um, parenting. Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) I mean, my feeling in watching The Force Awakens, I I mean, my immediate assumption and didn't think that there should be any other assumption was that Ray's father is Luke. However, now that we've been having this back and forth debate about it, and I had this sudden, you know, theory that potentially she could be um, the daughter of Leia and Han, another, another child of theirs that we just didn't know that she, that they had. I'm now thinking that's a potential thing, but I still really feel like, you know, I I felt so strongly watching Force Awakens, and maybe that's that's entirely what the filmmakers intended to make everybody think and feel, is that she's Luke's daughter. Right. Uh, So that's that's all I got. J.D. has plenty of other other things, but I I can't. When you guys get to it about you know the infamous hug. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, that's that, that, that's I, least of the things yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But that actually, once you guys started talking about the hug and what you can explain when you know after Han dies and Leia spoiler, spoiler, hugs Ray, <laughs> you know what what all is communicated in that moment, and that's what sparked me to think, oh, what if she's their kid, you know? But right, which hadn't the, occurred it, to me before. And, see, and this is the thing that frustrates me every time I hear people talk about the possibility of her being Han and Leia's kid. And maybe I'm just unique or crazy, but we know that Han and Leia were separated. Han, yeah, so Han what? And, so during that time, she could have got together with somebody else. She could have married. Why couldn't she have? Hey, Han showed up one night, and they were both horny. No, <laughs> I'm not saying had that. A kid. I I'm mean, not, that happens all the time too. I'm not saying that's not a possibility. I'm just saying one possibility is that that uh, okay. Ray, wait, first of all, is is um, Ben Solo's sister from another Mister? Got you. I, I hear that, and that could be, that very well could be. Why is that? more probable than her being Han's kid. You mean Luke's I'm at, kid? I'm at, no, or, I'm oh, Han's. Han. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. It's not, I'm not saying it's more probable. I'm just saying it's another possibility. Like It if, is another possibility. And it's she one. could also be Jar Jar's kid. That's a possibility. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities. You, you've I, said nothing when you say that, Ron. <laughs> I, a possibility. I mean, because they were poss- separated. The fact that they were separated is almost irrelevant. I'm saying it's a possibility From a that's of having a kid. I'm I'm saying it's a possibility that is a higher probability than right. Jar Jar's. What? Uh, it's a possibility she's Captain Kirk's daughter. 
It, no, it's not. I, I mean, it's a higher possibility than Jar Jar, but you know, there you go. Let's not talk about it. I'm just Jar saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I mean, it's like when to say that is saying nothing because it's yeah. There's all kinds of possibilities, but no, it's it, here, but let's talk about that scene where it's she, making her a Skywalker. That's what's key. That's where, that's why she would have. The that's force. what I. That's what I agree with. Like I think there's a strong possibility. Here's the here's the thing. Yeah, she's either gonna be Leia's kid or Luke's kid or nobody's kid. Really? Like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, there's the possibility, Ron. That she's either Leia's well, kid, Luke's kid, or no. Uh, okay, so what are we saying? It's so there's got to be somebody's kid that we really care th- about. Look, Star think. Wars is about the Skywalker clan. It's about the Skywalker family, the lineage. Right. Now, for me personally, I, I wouldn't be – I think that the, the, the artists that they have working on these films now are great. They're great storytellers, and if it, it turns out to be Leia's child, I'm sure they're going to treat it with a lot of respect and really get into the story and, and develop a great story about that. But – for my money, I'd rather have it. I think it, it makes more sense for her to be Luke's child. Because? Or I would be more pleased with that being Luke's. Well, because I think, like, first of all, going looking, going back to Leia, and Yolanda and I had this discussion. Now, I understand that there are women, you know, for the safety of their children, they'll abandon their kids. But it's not like uh, Leia was without means that she couldn't keep her child with her and protect her. Um, and I, I just have a hard time seeing someone who's so devoted, so capable, so morally balanced to just give up her child on the off chance that someone might kill her child, that she just has, will abandon her or hide her, really abandon her because she doesn't even know. If, if it is her daughter, I, you know, we're hard-pressed to even know if she knew what was going on with her daughter. I mean her daughter's wandering around the desert dealing with all, you know, life and death situations that she does, knows nothing about. So for me, it's hard for me to buy, knowing who Princess Leia is, how how stubborn, how determined she is as a person to just let her child go. I mean, she'd be like, fuck that. I'm keeping my kid. I'm not – I just can't see her doing that. That doesn't make sense to me. But on the flip side, Luke there, – there's this whole great story in Legends that we talked about with Mara Jade. Right. Mara Jade is all – now, here's the other thing. It, it seems to me that Rey has a – that Rey is strong as heck. Like she's got as, every bit of amount of force as – as Kylo Ren, sure, and and so like to me it's like well Kylo and then some yeah and then some and so Kylo Ren is the is the is the the is from Princess Leia as the Force and Han who doesn't, but now if the Force the way it works if it's if you have like two Jedi Force sensitive or not two Jedi but two Force really powerful Force sensitive people that make a child, Ray would be that child mm-hmm. and Mara Jade and Luke are two Force sensitive people. And, Mara, yeah. and for the for the people who haven't read oh, the legend, yeah. who's Mara Jade? Mara Jade was a force sensitive that the emperor trained, and her special ability that she had was that she could sense where people, other force sensitive people were, so that emperor could track them down. So she was kind of like a human, or she was a a, a beacon, a, 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 a mercenary, a natural person she was kind of like an assassin not even an assassin she was a spy for him and she would just go around the galaxy sussing out four sensitives and then the emperor either kill him or try to change them to use to you know so she was kind of like a metal detector for jedi exactly exactly and, how did, how did and she, she had luke the force together, JD? well she well after the the way it goes is after luke destroyed the emperor and uh return of the jedi after she, anakin after the redeemed Darth Vader destroyed the Emperor. Well, yeah, right. Together. But they wouldn't have done. But that wouldn't have happened without Luke. I know. I mean, I know. you had to have Luke there. I'm so. just being facetious. Yeah. Slow your roll, homie. Um, <laughs> so, so when when that happens, then what you get is 
Luke is out. They're doing. They have their adventures and Legend series, and then he he comes across Mara Jade, and she's really mad at him and wants to kill him because basically he destroyed her livelihood. Because the one thing about the Emperor, he's always clandestine, so he didn't tell anybody about Mara Jade. She's kind of like one of these Men in Black type characters where she had a carte blanche access to get to the Emperor. But nobody knew who she was, what department she worked for, or, or you know where she came from. They just knew that, oh, this is the emperor's – What her purpose was. Yeah, what her purpose was. She was just the emperor's special envoy to something, but we don't right. know what. And so when he died, she had like no status in the empire whatsoever or what you – because know, even though he died, there were – you know there's empires scattered all around the galaxy. So right. – and that's kind of like what we were seeing with the, the, the First Order is like the, the reconstitutioning of that – Empire and so, but nobody knew who Mara Jade was, and she was mad because she felt like it. She she liked the Emperor, and it, she felt like it destroyed her livelihood, her world, and so she wanted to kill the Jedi that killed her boss, basically. And then she meets up with them, and they have these adventure, whatever. They kind of, and then a fondness, you know, uh, catches between them, and and there you have it. There you have it. And so that is, uh, so that was it was in a book. It was in the books, right? Yes. Right. And so when I think, was, I think it was an heir to the empire, it's a three book series. It's right. pretty pretty fun. All right. So when Lucasfilm was taken over and the new regime came in, the new new order came in, they made a decision to make most if of the most if not all of the books no longer in canon, which for people listening, canon means this is what's technically official in Star Wars story and everything else is what's now called Star Wars legend. And so the story of Mara Jade is now, quote unquote. Nerds. <laughs> but but here's the thing: she said nerds. 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 That's, not, that's, nerds. Not, that's just tech. That's just tech. We are two 46 and 47 year old men arguing about. <laughs> we're not arguing. We're debating. We're discussing. Heated discussion. We're having a heated discussion about the merits of Mara Jade oh, <laughs> versus Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker versus Princess Leia and Han Solo. I said good day, sir. <laughs> I said good day. <laughs> anyway, so she's legend. Now, we know that they are cherry-picking from the... Le- like you said, yeah, they cherry-pick from it. So why not pick a great... It, they might. Before, they might. Listen, listen. Before this movie came out, a lot of fans, a lot of the geeky, nerdy fans were really into the whole Mara Jade. They're like, man, that'd be great if she shows up. And there was speculation that she was going to show up in, in The Force Awakens. Like, they're, her and Darth Plagueis is another character that they that they think Snokes might be. Right. But these are a couple of characters from the Legends. There's not – and there's a ton of Legends material out there. But these are like two of the, the, the heavyweights that people are like hoping that they use because they have such rich stories in the Legends series that – and, and I agree. I think that 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 I would love to see that happen. And here's another thing going towards Luke. We you, you talk about you know, especially with the Clone War series, all kinds of Jedi are making their own lightsabers. But the fact that a lightsaber calls Ray, and that lightsaber happens to be Anakin slash Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, because mm-hmm. it was Luke Skywalker's, but he got it from his father. It was his father's lightsaber when he's a Jedi. True, it was true. Anakin's old lightsaber. So for that lightsaber, for her to have a Force vision, and that lightsaber to call her. Now, it, that means – to me, I think that makes it lean heavily. It, she's a Skywalker uh, offspring. It could be Leia's, but I would argue that it's Luke's. I mean no, I've never seen in, in all the – I haven't read all the legends, but in all the films that we've seen, all the Clone Wars, I've never seen a, a lightsaber call anybody. Right. I don't see how that happens. So that's – I mean that's a big – That's, that's, that's a good she, point. 
That's huge. That is huge. That is huge. Um, regarding one thing, that's huge. huge, huge. One uh, one of the theories that they talked about in Jedi Council, um, John Campia brought this up, um, is the possibility. And this addresses your issue, JD, about why would Leia um, abandon her daughter on um, the planet? I forget the name of the planet right now. Right. Um, that Leia let both Ben and Ray go to Luke's school or whatnot. Um, ben turns bad, goes to kill most of the people there, except he spares his sister. Because in that first vision, we see somebody about to kill her, and then a right. red laser beam, a red laser beam, a red lightsaber kills the person who we assume is a Knight of Ren, stoppers. So, a one possible theory is that um, Han and Leia think their daughter is dead at the hand of Ben, and they don't know that she's still alive. Oh, uh, even... that could be true. That could be true. Yeah. That could be true. That's a good theory. But, yeah. um, so. You know, but then, but the thing is, going back to your point, you said, well, when, when, um, uh, when okay, Maz, Ron, I'm gonna say goodbye. All right, thanks, Yara. We'll talk more. See you later. Yeah. But, but then, what you said, Ron, about, uh, you know, when, when Han and Maz Kanata share that, that look, and she says, well, what's up with the girl? He wouldn't know who she is then. Uh, how would he, how would he know? How would he know that? I mean, that nullifies your point because then I don't think Han would know, but I think right. that Han. Right, right. Oh, oh, one thing, one thing though, I said yeah. to JD and answers this question. I, I asked JD or maybe I asked both of you, like, why would she be on the same planet with the Millennium Falcon? Like he, he probably knows because, oh, like you're here at the Millennium and then he recognizes the, I don't know. Anyway, I can't hear you. Bye. All right. <laughs> but, um. So anyways, That's a good uh, point. like why he does seem to know who she is. Right. Right. But then but but the thing is this. Well, if, actually, we like don't that, necessarily know that either. I mean, always in in The Force Awakens, all we see, right. she says, who's the girl? And then we and then the scene cuts to something else. So we don't know his answer. I mean, it's assumed that he knows more. Um, but the answer could just be, oh, she's this girl who found the girl. The, we picked up. Right. We picked exactly. Up and found the shit. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just have a – for me, I just think that – I guess I'm really uh, jonesing for the Mara Jade. Yeah. I mean, I just think she'd be an incredible character to add to the, the storytelling. Yeah, I like your point. I like and your point. Um, I think like here, like going back to that whole the, – the, the, the chewy hug or whatever, I thought like when I watched the film, I've heard on several occasions, and I tend to agree with this, that that was like the – that wasn't the best directed scene because I felt like – I always feel like – uh, Chewie always gets a backseat to everything that's going on. Like in Star Wars, he didn't right. get a medal when that's at the <laughs> award celebration. Well, what? He was he was flying the Millennium Falcon too. Like, he, and so he's, I, um, he's their dog. Yeah, it's like their dog or something. Like, and then when uh, when they find out Han's dead, I really thought when I saw that uh, there was a scene where Leia's with Chewie and Ray, and I think it's I think Leia hugs Ray. I could be wrong. I'm yeah, not sure. When, I can't. When they, when they get back to the base after destroying the right. Starkiller base, when they get back to the the new Alliance base, whatever. And, and to she's me, the first I person he um, Leia hugs is Ray. Right, and I just thought like, it, but they're in a room. Like, aren't they in a side room somewhere? And like, no, no, sitting down. No, it's, I, it's it's like in the on the platform where all the ships landed. They haven't even gotcha. gotten inside yet. 
Right, 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 right. But then I, I thought there was a scene with her, and I, I, I have to watch it again because I, I, I've only seen it twice. Don't, right. don't hate for that. But I I, I'm gonna get to. Though. I know. But we got. So the, I'm gonna go. Yeah. yeah, and it was a while ago. So I, I, in my memory, I thought there was a scene where Leo was, was with Chewie. It was not when they first arrived, but later on, there's a scene. Like I understand, like she hugs Ray, and that's that's fine or whatever when they first get there. But I thought there was a scene later on before Chewie and Ray take off again, where you could tell like Chewie's upset that Han is dead. Right, and I thought Leia was. I thought he was near Leia or whatever. I just thought if I was, if again, if I was making the film, um, <laughs> I, what I would have done, I, I was expecting to see a, a, a shot where Leia gives Chewie a hug, because you know they both loved Han in their way, you know, and sure, and yeah. I just thought like, wow, there's like there's no, you know, the you know, <laughs> it was like they were like on the no rest for the weary mode, and they just like okay, Han's gone, let's go, and uh, and so for her to hug Ray. I mean, she doesn't even really know, know what Ray went through. I mean, she knows it was a hard time, whatever, and Han's not there. But I just thought that was uh, – it just – I don't know. It just yeah. didn't play as true to, to me. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm going to have to see that again too. Um, one of the, one uh, Another theory that's starting to rise, and this is something that I thought about when I saw the Rogue One trailer, is the possibility of Jen being uh, Ray's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray's mother. Jen is the star of Rogue One. Right, because uh, one they look like they both have British accents. Yes, yep. Um, and she's old enough in this time period in the timeline to be uh, uh, to be her mother. Yeah, um, and first. I would just I would just say that also another thing that I try to always remind myself is that I heard, you know, theory seven way to Sunday before the force awakens came out about what it was going to be, what right. the storyline was, and everybody was wrong. Everybody had great theories and you know or not everybody but there i saw i heard some really good ones i heard some really wacky ones and nobody had it right i, I didn't hear anybody that had the story pegged so i mean you know no one was talking about a, a, a supreme ruler snoke or you know the characters that we came to know you know right, we'd right. slowly start hearing about kylo ren or whatever but everybody was off and everybody had great ideas but they were just off so i always try to remind myself that because who knows what they're going to come up with i mean because the thing is, if Ray is not one of the Skywalkers, I'd be cool with that too. I mean, that seems like that would be. I mean, I, I mean, she's a great character. So wherever they go with it, you know, I, you know, I, I trust their storytelling judgment. We're gonna like it. I just think that for, um, for for my money, I would also love to see it. Would, it would also another thing about her being Luke's kid is that Luke, there, you know, you have the whole Jedi dogma and philosophy where they're not supposed to have any any material possessions that bound them to anything. They're supposed to be these, uh, they're not supposed to have those type of attachments. That's the Jedi dogma. So I could almost, so that almost not, not that Luke is just going to foist his daughter away, but it also lends to that whole philosophy about, you know, you know, if he, especially if he feels she's threatened or whatever, like at anybody, he would be one that would be, uh, able to, relinquish custody of his daughter or to leave her or to hide her somewhere but but again like even if it like like someone's saying like if uh like i like the idea of somebody taking leia's child and they don't know who she is because i can't see leia knowing and just leaving her kid the way she did if she right. did know if she did know she would to me she would leave her with somebody like how she was left with bail organa like how she became right right she wouldn't just leave her in the dirt somewhere i mean right. she would set her up somewhere 
you know, some obscure place with some well-to-do person that could keep track of her. Now, maybe she did do that and maybe something else happened and, and her and the girl got kidnapped or whatever. We, we just don't know. But I just think that, you know, uh, I, I don't know. There, so there's those possibilities. I mean, it, it, that could be good where someone, you know, that could be very interesting if somebody, you know, with the Knights of Ren, you know, if somebody, you know, spares her or hides her. And whisk her away, and then Leia doesn't know. But but the thing is, if they find all these dead bodies with the Knights of Rim, but they don't find her daughter, there's got to be a thought like, well, somebody took my daughter, as opposed to they just didn't kill her and leave her here with all the other dead people. Right. So, but again, going back to the theory that um, Kylo Ren actually did rescue her and save her, um, and he's the one responsible for putting her on. Is it Django? Is the name of the planet or Django? Oh, Jakku, 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 right? Um, in the Force of in the Force Awakens, when that commander comes to Kylo and reports that um, Finn was seen with some girl, uh huh. Um, Kylo Ren reacts to that. Yes, um, as if the fact that he specifically mentioned that it was a girl um, has some meaning, or that he. It's insinuating that he knows either who the girl is or there's something about the fact that he mentions that. So, again, that could that could jive with Kylo saving his sister from being killed, dropping her off there and then realizing now so many years later that she's the one who's running off with the plans. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it could be uh, those are all kind of viable theories. We just have to wait and see what yeah, they what yeah. they do. But I loved your last point, And I think that's a good place to, to end where you said we could all be wrong because <laughs> you're right yeah i mean uh, i i heard seven ways of sunday all these theories and nobody they were everybody was just wrong you know and so we're gonna have to wait and see because i know that you know like you said they're cherry picking from legends just who knows what they're gonna come up with you know nobody saw snoke but i, I think like i read the darth plagueis novel and it was great and it would be awesome if snoke turned out to be plagueis but you know, if he's not, it's he'll be a new character. Maybe he'll imbibe some of what he what what uh, Plagueis had into Snoke. They, they already have. I mean, he's kind of like that. Mm. Um, and uh, and and so yeah, I, I, you know, whatever they come up with, I think it's going to be. I think we'll be happy. I think we're in good hands. First of all, Ryan Johnson is. Uh, I just think an awesome filmmaker. So I I I can't wait to see eight. What Brick was one of my favorite films uh, in indie films. So um, I, I thought it was just amazing what he did with that. I think his other subsequent films have been really good. So he's uh, – I look forward to it. You're listening to Dare Dreamer FM, the sound of creative expression. Hmm? Ah!